Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. Got some random ass thoughts to blab about. So spring hit super, super fast. It's crazy. It was like really cold two weeks ago. And now basically all the snow's gone. And man, that springtime feeling of just like, oh man. It's like, it's a good thing. It's an energy feeling, but it's weird being stuck. So for at least a couple of years, is my accent getting worse, by the way? <laughs> I feel like I've been stuck in the east coast of Canada so long. It's starting to... I think I'm starting to slip. Anyway, for at least a couple of years, in the spring I would go to Montreal. It became my little habit. And then, before COVID, I did that Amsterdam to Japan trip. So man, all that stuff is in my head big time of like, ah, oh, dude, it's springtime, it's time to go. I should have, I should be gone already, you know? I mean, it's a year late, but this is like year two, you know? Year two of the cycle of like, fuck, dude, I should be somewhere else. It's very weird that I'm not somewhere else. I've been feeling the Amsterdam thing in particular. I don't know why. I guess it's because I was in Japan in the middle of summer, it was way hotter. So this specific kind of weather is way more like last time I went to Amsterdam. And it's funny with Amsterdam because I've got such a kind of push-pull going on with that city where the first time I went, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like I've talked about it before, but how I went with so little plan and I was just like, I'm just going to gallivant around Europe. I was such a douchebag about it that I changed on my Facebook to lives in Amsterdam. Even though I only had like an Airbnb for two or three weeks <laughs> set up, you know. I was like, I'm going to be a Europe guy now. So then when it just wasn't working out and I felt all stressed out about being by myself in a different continent... So much so that I just bailed out, you know? I just fucking bought a plane ticket and came home. So that, like, disappointment that I couldn't fit in is the whole seed for this novel I've been blabbing about. This alien girl on an alien space station who can't fit in and doesn't understand this weird culture is just a super exploded version of how weird I felt wandering around Amsterdam. But when I went back to Amsterdam, it went way better. And yeah, it's been creeping back into my mind. Like, I've been watching a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guys on YouTube. It's really great, actually. They just film these long videos. Walking around. They'll just walk around for an hour. And it's crazy in Japan. Especially in Tokyo, but even in Fukuoka. It's amazing how many landmarks I could find. Places that I'd been to. Even places that seemed really obscure. There's so much footage of people walking around Japanese cities that you can probably not only find the little, like, obscure place, like in my case where I got... I only got one haircut in Japan. And it's like, oh, here's somebody walking past the place where I got a haircut. And here's somebody walking past it from the other direction. Oh, and here's someone walking past it on a rainy day, <laughs> you know? It's ridiculous, but it really does help 
where like there was this seven year gap where I had not gone back to Vancouver and I would always kind of daydream about Vancouver. And what I did in that case is I started going on Google Street View and you could just virtually walk down the streets and stuff, but it's just like that one image and then you teleport down the street and teleport down the street and turn the corner. Wasn't a very good facsimile compared to this. This is amazing. It's just people walking around and you really kind of feel like you're there. It definitely takes the edge off of this whole fucking being trapped COVID shit. But yeah, Japan, endlessly fascinating to me. Cities, fucking nature, rainy days, sunny days. It's just fucking so much great shit. But then I started sprinkling in a little bit of the Netherlands. And the Netherlands, it is just way more boring. <laughs> you know, it really has a kind of generic European look. And it's the flattest place you can imagine because it's below sea level and there's just no mountains at all. Everything is just flat. But when I watch these random videos of people just walking around, I've started working in a little more Netherlands here and there. <laughs> it's so weird too, like just the other day, I was just like, okay, let's just see what's going on. It's like, oh, it's sunny here in Canada, but this video from Japan that was posted an hour ago, it's raining. Oh, and look at this one from Amsterdam. It's also raining there. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? That you can just have this awareness of what's going on around the world in such a direct way. But yeah, so the travel bug is biting. But also, spring is in the air, man. <laughs> and that just like, ah, springtime, the time of romance, of love in the air. And I guess when I think back, there have been a lot of times when, you know, usually to be like some girl I know from school, maybe. Or at least a girl that I know in real life, where it's like maybe they've been percolating in my brain a little bit. But then something about springtime and all the snow melting and it's like then you have a dream about them. And then it's like, oh, now I feel different. And now I'm going to feel weird and I probably act weird when I'm around them. But it's just like, oh, man, biology's ticking along. It's pushing me along, pushing me forward spurring things to happen. But because of lockdown world, where it's just like hanging out in my hometown, besides people that I directly know around here, I haven't fucking seen a, a single other person in a very long time. My social circle has never been smaller. So I had one of those dreams, but it was just about a YouTuber. <laughs> just about some travel vlogger I've been watching that I'm only like a medium fan of even. It's like, oh, these are nice videos. But again, there's just so many of these travel videos. It's like, yeah, these are fine, I guess. But then I had this dream that I was hanging out with this girl from YouTube. And we had a whole little meet cute and a whole little adventure. And I woke up and I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> there's that springtime spur to romance but just with some YouTube person, because that's all that's available to my brain. So yeah, it's not really an actionable dream. <laughs> it's just a thing that happened. But I woke up super, super early, and the combination of those things, even though I stayed up late last night and I did not get enough sleep, but it's like, oh man, I feel that springtime, spring in my step, spring in the air, urge to travel, urge for adventure, and I had this dream about this random girl, and it's like, oh man, that's in my head too, and it's just like energizing me. 
So I just got up super, super early. I mean, like I got up at like 7.30 in the morning. I usually get up at like 11 a.m. <laughs> this is very early. But even though, you know, I feel kind of tired now, it's like noon now, I do feel kind of wiped, but it's like not in a bad way. It's like, all right, man, at least it's whatever. It's spurring me to action. It's spurring me to do stuff. Because, yeah, this winter in particular, like I said last time, I mean, like, I'm always making up excuses for why I write so slow, and it's like it's just always going to happen. But it was exceptionally glacial this winter, just the combination of still being stuck in my hometown. It's all freezing cold. I can't go to coffee shops because of COVID. I can't write outside because it's negative a zillion I have still been picking away almost every day, hardly ever miss a day, keeping the track going, but it's just going very slow. And it just, yeah, it doesn't feel exciting, doesn't feel inspiring to myself. You know, like I really have not felt like a writer this winter. I feel like I'm just, uh, it's like I got my writing on a, on a warming tray. I'm just keeping this thing alive, keeping it on life support, but it's not spurred on. But all of these other things spurring me on, the travel spurring on, and the dreams about girls spurring on, it's spurring me on in general. So yeah, I got up at like 7.30 and I'm like, fuck it, dude, let's just get up. Let's go somewhere. So it's a Sunday when I'm recording this. And there's like the really cool woods on the one side of my apartment that I'm always posting on Instagram, novel pod on Instagram. On the other side's a highway, so I never go that way. But it's so early that it's like, wow, there's not even traffic on the highway. I can just cross it. Not even a highway. It's like three different highways. And I just crossed them all. And it's like, man, this feels weird, but it feels cool. It feels good to be up this early in this weird time of day. And everyone else is asleep. And then I'm in these other woods that I'm in right now. I'm heading back through them now. I found this the other day where it's like a rock quarry. And it's not as big and as good as the other woods, but it's not bad and at least it's something different. And because we're in Canada, you know, I would always go through the bigger woods to this one Tim Hortons. If I go through these smaller woods the other direction, I also get to a Tim Hortons. <laughs> and this one, it's a lot bigger. So it feels more comfortable to hang out in there. Like they still have the tables like socially distanced and it's still kind of creepy because you have to like leave your name and number for contact tracing. COVID's never been a big problem around here in general, but it's just that creepy feeling that like, what if it is though? What if something does kick off? And what if I get that call? And it's why, because I had to go hang out at the fucking Tim Hortons like an idiot. It still doesn't feel very comfortable. But again, this one, it's bigger and it was so early and just no one was around. So I did hang out there. And as I was there longer, more and more people started showing up. And... But despite the fact that it eventually filled up in there, still all of this is just nice. It's like I'm getting things back, getting the old feeling back of like, you know, a little excited to get up in the morning to go get moving, as opposed to just the cold darkness. And it's been a long time since I've been in this little, like, you're just kind of in the little coffee shop zone you know I'll just go in there and just uh, start working on writing and then you know switch over check something on Wikipedia go back to writing I'll think of a song I haven't heard for a while on YouTube go turn that on get back to writing 
And it doesn't feel like I'm working especially hard and it doesn't feel like I'm focusing especially much, but I'm just accidentally doing work, you know? I'm just, like I said, it's almost noon now. I think, I mean, because I took an extended walk through the woods to get there. I got there at about nine o'clock and I left at about 11.30. So I guess two and a half hours I was sitting there. But yeah, it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, that's what I miss. That's what I like is just, just writing, just being a fucking writer guy who just does writing. Like today I was really just uh, taking notes I'd already written and just splitting them up. It's this new idea for a story I had that maybe I'll blab about sometime where I had it split into like five major segments, but each of those is just a giant slush file, just a one text document of whatever thoughts I had for that part of the story. So I was really just going through and breaking those into individual pieces into smaller notes so I can then arrange them in some kind of more chronological order and then keep working on it from there. And just that process of going through them and reading them and cutting and pasting. You know, I'd think of other stuff, I'd add this, add this, I'd think about this, here's the thing. And it's like, ah, oh, man, that's the thing. Like, it just feels so good that it's like, yeah, I can do this, I am a writer. Never mind this fucking winter. I mean, I think we can all give ourselves a bit of a goddamn pass with this global pandemic nonsense. What is that, like a goose? Ducks? Oh, whatever it is. Oh, there it goes. It's funny, I can hear animals, but I just see nothing. But yeah, it's just a nice little reconfirmation that it's like, oh yeah, this is all gonna work out fine. This was working out fine before COVID, it's gonna work out fine after. My little routine of just rambling around the earth and stopping at coffee shops and doing work. It's all gonna work out fine. It's all coming back to life. And yeah, this new story idea that I've got, you know, I've been jumping around quite a bit between different things, which is what I always used to do historically, you know. Before I started this podcast, I would just work on a story and bail out and work on a different story and bail out for years and years and years and never finish anything. So I am still doing that, but I'm doing it alongside the main novel. So I still do my little bit of work every day on the main novel. And then for my side dish project, I jump around and do whatever, just wherever inspiration strikes. And I feel like this works okay. As long as I hold on tight to that fucking tiger tail of the main novel and don't let it go, I think it's fine to let myself just flit around and follow my whims and be all artsy and fancy and do whatever the fuck I want with my other stories. So of course none of them are really getting done, none of them are getting completed, but like when it's time to move one of them into the pole position, you know, I'll just take them at whatever state they're in and whatever work I've done on them up to this point will just be gravy, it'll just be a bonus. But yeah, this seems like a pretty good, a pretty good balance now that I've managed to grind my way up into a person that can work on at least two things a day. It's like, okay, just 
focus on that one that one that's getting harder and harder and is going slower and slower because it's so big and it's so massive and it's so hard to continually focus on something until it's done and then whatever the other project is is just the project of the day whatever is exciting to work on man though even the main novel like it's getting very close it's kind of cool that uh I can't say exactly how close I am, but man, I don't know, maybe like five more chapters? It really feels close. And it's so neat, because as I've blabbed about before, like I've got a lot of notes for the start of my main novel, and a lot of notes for like the very end, like the very last chapter. But then as you go through the story, the notes get less and less and less and less. And that three-quarter stretch from three-quarters of the way through to the end is the most scant, just the least notes, because I just couldn't see it clearly. I couldn't conceptualize of where things were going to be at that point, you know? It's like, okay, I got this idea for a story, but two years from now, I really can't see where it's all going to be at or how it's going to feel or what I'm going to have devised in the meantime. So it's just... I just couldn't write notes for this stretch. So this has always been a weird no man's land where I'm like, I hope this all works out. I hope this doesn't suck. And it's really neat that it is coming together. Like I just had, well, it's this chapter I'm working on right now. It's like one of the final big conversations between the two main characters. And I'm like, okay, let me just go through my notes and see what I've got in there, see what might be important. And I've always had those conversations between those characters split up into it's all arguments basically and it's their early more polite arguments and then their middle deeper but they're kind of friends arguments and then their final bombastic like i'm sick of your fucking face arguments but then i had another folder that honestly i forgot that i made called most likely conversations between Surat and Quaylum. and i was like what the fuck is this and i looked through and i guess at some point i just went through all of those argument ideas and I just picked out the ones that at this point in the story still seem the most relevant and I fucking nailed it there was a bunch of stuff in there that I'm like oh fuck that's perfect that's perfect that's perfect and that's perfect and this conversation is really setting up what's about to happen <laughs> you know it's really kind of laying down the groundwork of like there's bad stuff that's gonna happen here <laughs> like this space station is not long for this world. Like, this fucking, this rhino girl, not only is she just angry and frustrated and wants to just fuck shit up, but she really believes in kind of this, like, fight club way, you know, Raymond K. Hessel kind of way. She could help these people by destroying this space station. Like, you're just stuck in this dumb little science vessel. You spend your whole lives doing dumb research and wasting your lives, and it's fucking stupid. If I was to blow this place up, it could only make your life better, you know? Like, just this crazy nonsense that's in her head. And then the final spark will be when she realizes that the reason this space station even exists was because they had... They had early data, I can't think of the word, like preliminary, predestination. They, the reason they're here is that they knew her planet was gonna blow up. So they're not just here doing science at random, they're here to do science about observing and analyzing a fucking planet blowing up.
So that's the final fucking spark. Light the fuse, bring the boom, dynamite. But yeah, this last conversation, she's just kind of laying it out like, you know, what if, what if something fucking terrible happened for me and my species being on your little space station and you're the only one who could have stopped it? Imagine that, because you're the only one that even talks to me. You're the only one that knows me at all. If anyone had any kind of chance to stop this, I guess it would be you, right? But you're sure not. You're failing like crazy because I hate your fucking face. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I just think that will be a neat idea to really lay it out. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen in this story. And I'm telling you right now. And you're not going to do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. And yeah, I just think it's so neat that that stuff was just in my notes and laid out and it's just like that it all came together. It's like, whew, thank you. <laughs> thank you, subconscious. It all worked out pretty good. I was a little worried about that. But yeah, I just thought I would capture this little moment, I guess, of spring springing, that spring has sprung. I guess the only other little thing is uh, my laptop broke. So I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta get a new laptop. But I always just get cheap laptops because, uh, especially once I can travel again, I hate the stress of worrying about an expensive laptop. I'd rather just have a slow piece of shit. And then if it gets broken, who cares? But I went way too far down the chain. Like back in the day, I had like a netbook that was basically, it's, you know, like a glorified cell phone in a laptop shape. Really slow, really terrible. But it, like, you know, had windows on it. It could at least run the editing program that I used to make this fucking podcast. So this time I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that again just to get me by for now. But I got, like, a Chromebook. I didn't realize it has its own operating system. It has Chrome OS. And it can't really run Windows stuff without jumping through a lot of hoops. It just runs apps, basically. And it's like, oh, dude, <laughs> this is way too shit. This is not gonna do. I mean, I guess I could learn how to do video editing and stuff through some fucking Android app, but it's like, dude, isn't this not? Just chalk that up to a mistake. Because basically, a fairly decent laptop would cost me like 400 bucks. This thing was 200 bucks. Then I went to a pawn shop and got another shitty Windows laptop for 200 bucks. So basically, instead of one pretty good laptop, I got two bad ones. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you live and you learn. But it's been kind of neat, because now I've got like, okay, that laptop that I do audio video shit on, slow as piss, but you know, you can just let it render overnight, who cares? Then I got this Chromebook that I'm like, well, this was kind of weird, why'd I even buy this? <laughs> it was like an open box, you know, discount special, like, it was so cheap. Like, 200 bucks, like, that's Canadian with tax. The thing was like almost free. But it really doesn't do anything except, you know, you can browse the internet and you can watch YouTube and like, that's it. But it's small and it's light and it has a battery that lasts forever. And I'm always just writing on an old phone as I've blabbed about before. You know, I've just got like an old Android with one of those slide out keyboards and I just pick away at it with my thumbs. But those are getting increasingly rare, you know, like they stopped making them in like 2013. They're starting to go from where they were just dirt cheap to like they're getting a little more expensive now because they're actually getting hard to find. And it is weird, you know, it's like maybe slightly weird that I write entire books just pecking away with my thumbs. But I kind of liked it just because, you know, I tend to work slow anyway. 
and my brain kind of goes slowly as I'm writing and doesn't go a million miles an hour. It's like I want to just kind of molasses my way through each scene and make sure I get every little drop of cool shit that I can think of. So I didn't really mind writing slow. But now that I've got this Chromebook, because, you know, I just bought it by accident, and it's like, well, fuck it, <laughs> $200 experiment. I'm like, well, let's try that. So I just took that to the old Tim Hortons today, because it's pretty small, pretty portable, not as good as just something you can put in your pocket, but not bad. And it was actually pretty cool, because I remember I was talking to Brianna from uh, Teaching Myself to Write Novels podcast, just emailing her about something, and yeah, she was saying, like, wow, you write on your phone, like, I can't really imagine not using a laptop, you know, not having a proper keyboard. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, hey, that's what I do. But now that I've got the actual computer with the real keyboard, I'm like, yeah, this actually is pretty good. You know, <laughs> like it really is a lot easier to type with an actual computer, with an actual keyboard. And this thing is kind of nice because one of my problems with laptops is that they're so distracting that I could just, you know, play fucking video games and just do all this weird shit or or that I always feel like I should be editing a podcast or working on a video or something. Where this thing is such a little piece of crap, <laughs> it can't really do that stuff. Text editing is really what it's for and maybe watching a fucking, but you can't even watch shit on YouTube or whatever because it's so crap that it can't really multitask. Like if you wanna watch YouTube, you gotta watch YouTube. You can't watch YouTube and do something else really. So I kind of like this thing. I think this is kind of cool, you know? I mean, I'm gonna pay the price once Borders open and now I'm carrying two laptops around with me. Because no matter how small and how light they are, man, shit adds up so fast. But I like it. I think it was just a, it's a neat little thing. So basically, this is also how I'm delineating stuff, working on the two things each day is my main novel is still on my phone in my pocket because that's the one that I gotta work on every day, come hell or high water. So it's always in my pocket, it's always with me, I'm always ready to do some work. In fact, before I leave these woods, I'm gonna sit on one of these rocks and do a little work because I didn't work on that story today. I just worked on this other idea that I had and I've decided like that other idea, that one's on the Chromebook, <laughs> you know? That one's exclusively to the Chromebook. And yeah, it was just kind of neat. I mean, again, there's no real recommendation there. It's not like I'm saying you should go get a Chromebook. I guess it's more just that whatever you have works, you know? Before, I mean, back in the before days, <laughs> in like the mid 2000s when I first moved to Vancouver, I did have a laptop, but its battery was fucked, so it only worked when it was plugged in. And it just, you know, wasn't convenient to carry around and I'd have to find an outlet everywhere I went. So back then I just used notebooks, you know? I'd just go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of notebooks. Not pens though, don't buy pens from the dollar store, bad idea. They dry up way too fast. But just notebooks and pens and I would just write in that, write down whatever notes I had and then when I got home, I would transfer them onto that computer. And then I've been, you know, just ferrying those files from computer to computer ever since and every six months or so I email them to myself and whatever. A lot of stuff I still haven't really used yet, but maybe someday. But yeah, I guess that's the point, is just whatever you've got. At this point, I guess I'm just rambling. I don't know that any of this is valuable information. <laughs> just whatever implements of writing you have, they are appropriate to writing. Amazing. Amazing insight. Aren't you glad you hung around over 100 episodes for that shit? 
But anyway, that's what I'm up to. <laughs> I'm going to try not to, because uh, I assume I'm going to be stuck here all summer. I'm going to try not to make this podcast be the complaining about mosquitoes podcast again, like it was last summer. Because I did already see some mosquitoes yesterday, but there's a little cold snap today, so they're gone again. But they're coming. I think what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to... I'm just going to go buy, like, a bunch of mosquito netting. Because there's all these... It's weird. In that park by my house, there's all these, like, kind of semi-abandoned park benches that are, like, really deep in the woods that are, like, missing a slat or kind of half-broken where, like, nobody goes... And they're kind of overgrown, but they're just like, cool, you know, I can just go out there and be by myself, except for the mosquitoes. But I thought if I just buy a bunch of mosquito netting and like a big brimmed hat, I can just drape myself with the mosquito netting like I'm a ghost with my little laptop on my lap or my little phone. And I can just sit there and do writing. And if I have headphones in and I'm listening to music, I won't hear the mosquitoes, they won't be able to bite me. I will look ridiculous, but who cares? Like, I think if I was walking through the middle of downtown with my mosquito net ghost outfit on, that might be eccentric to a fault. That might be silly. But if I'm just in the middle of the woods, dude, who fucking gives a shit? If anyone does stumble across me, it'll be a funny little, ha hey, how you doing? And then I can sit in the woods and do writing and not be bit. That's my plan. Because I guess I could also coat myself in uh, bug spray, but I'd rather not. So that's the plan. Uh, Let's listen to Sugar Hiccup. Man, this song is good. So there's this uh, Canadian band called Courage, My Love. They put out this song, and I didn't know it was a cover. It's just like, oh, this is unusual for them, but this is a pretty cool song. And then I found out it's a song by the Cocteau Twins from one of their very first albums from way back. And the Cocteau Twins version is also really good. But we'll listen to the Courage My Love version. They're both pretty similar. And man, what a beautiful song. It's so good. And I have no fucking idea what it means. Sugar hiccup while she reels. Sugar hiccup. What could that possibly mean? I have no fucking clue, but it's a beautiful song. The feeling of it seems meaningful, even though I don't know what the fuck it's about. So let's listen to that. Thanks for listening once again. Talk to you next time.